On this episode of the Hyperfast Agent Podcast, Dan Lesniak presents at the 2020 Hyperfast Sales Summit. Listen in as he shares his strategies for generating leads at a massive level. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Hyperfast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyperfast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyperfast. could use more leads in the room everybody what about the people watching online if, if you could you know use more leads wave wave your hands or do something crazy yeah yes yes thumbs up all right so everyone right so i want to teach you guys today how to generate leads at a massive massive level i'll go through real quickly why i'm qualified to, to do this uh, i sold over 22 million in my first year and i did not use a lot of marketing budget then i, I you know my after paying my broker, paying you know all the normal expenses, I, I, I profited, took home, netted set over 75% of my GCI that year. So I was not spending money on leads. Uh, you know, now Carrie and I have built a team that does spend a lot of a lot of money on leads. So we kind of know, you know, the, the the how to do it with no money, how to do it with a little money, how to do it with a lot, everything in between. This is our team right right behind us. Uh, or in this picture, you guys have seen a lot of them today. They're amazing. And, you know, we're not just generating leads for ourselves anymore. We're generating leads for everybody in here, right? So we have to do this on a massive, massive level. There's a couple myths out there about this, right? And I think the first one is you have to spend tons of money or time to generate leads. And that is not true. You can generate more leads than you ever need without spending nearly as much or, or putting as much time into it. Now, it does take one or the other or, or some combination of it. Like, there's nothing, you can't do it for free, right? You have to spend either some money or some time. And, and that balance is going to defer depending on where you are in your career and what type of business you want to run, right? When you're first starting out, you probably have less business, so you have I, you know, more time. So there's, there's some things we'll go over today that you can do that don't take a lot of money because you don't have much of that yet, but they take more time. When you, when you start to build out a team and have enough uh, past client base, referral base, you might have so much business that you don't have time. Now, well, now it's a better deal to trade some money for leads rather than your time, all right? There's two basic principles I think of with lead generation lighthouse and tugboat all right when a ship is coming into harbor there are, there's two different ways it can it can get there right you can have a a lighthouse that's there that sends out a signal it sends out a light and and the ships know like you know don't don't drive into the coral reef right in front of that lighthouse the other way is a tugboat right the tugboat can go out meet the ship pull it safely into harbor and that that works really well there's, you know, you got an experienced person, they're going out finding the ship and pulling it in, right? The lighthouse is, is like your marketing, you know, you're, you're broadcasting signals, whether it is through Google paid, you know, search, whether it's digital media, uh, paid, paid, you know, Facebook and all that organic flyers, direct mail, 
that's that's all an example of, of the lighthouse strategy, right? Sending out a signal and, and then hoping that things respond. Tugboat is like this you're prospecting, knocking on doors, calling expireds and FISBOs, calling past clients. That works really, really well. Uh, it's 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 you know, obviously takes more of your own individual time, less of your money, but it but it works really well. And there's people that have built amazing businesses just through that strategy. Now, as, as you build up a team, I'll, I'll caution some people, or, you know, you, you can come into the business, have a lot of success, this prospecting tugboat method, uh, you know, cold calling, door knocking, open, you know, open houses. As you build up out a, a team, you, you can obviously train your team members how to do that. But if that's all you do, at some point, you're going you're gonna to limit out on the value you create for them. So you, you are going to have to, at some point, switch or, you know, and, and put resources into marketing rather than just prospecting. All right, so some examples of marketing. I've, I've named a bunch of them already, but you know, paid social media, organic, geofencing. I think we, we did a lunch and learn on that uh, yesterday. Open houses, radio, direct mail, email, text, prospecting. You guys probably know a lot of these already. FISBOs, expireds. Circle prospecting, door knocking, email, uh, text as well, right? So email can and text uh, is one that can go in both categories, if you notice. So we've we've got a database of like forty or fifty thousand buyers and sellers. So when we send them a mass email, I, I consider that more marketing. But when I'm doing follow up with someone I met, I consider that more of prospecting. All right, now this uh, this next uh, couple slides I think are very very important. I first learned about hook story offer from Russell Brunson at ClickFunnels uh, Funnel Hacking Live two years ago. And, and he's one of the best at it. And everything you do with marketing and prospecting needs these three elements. So you have to have a hook, right? You have to get people's attention. Right? If, 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 if you're sending an email, well, they're getting like 150 a day. You, you've got to put something in the subject line that's gonna make them open it, compel them to open it. You know, when you're sending newsletters to your your past clients and buyers, uh, you know, your monthly newsletter in the subject line that that probably doesn't do it, right? It looks like every other real estate agent. Like, put something compelling in there. Did homes go up? Did they go down? Did, was there some story in the news about a buyer that lost their EMD? Like, like do something that's gonna Make them say, "Oh shit! What what what's going on here?" Um, you know, have have anybody has anybody in the room gotten an email like from us that almost scared them a little? Or yeah, what <laughs> what what were they, Lana? What was it? Don't open it. Yeah, that works. Um, I think it was the subject line, Lana. It was cancel my listing agreement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So for. You know, sending a marketing message to real estate agents, cancel my listing agreement uh, that gets people to to open it. <laughs> I have a comment. I can't help myself. I did one. Like, I don't do a lot of the emails. Dan is the mastermind of them all. And it said I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking about the men that might get that as the subject line. <laughs> Needless to say, we got a lot of complaints. <laughs> a guy was like, I almost just drove off the road. That was such bullshit. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> you know, one of the best ones I ever did was to a specific condo building, the one I started my career in, and I had a really good sale there. And then another agent did not. They sold it for less. And, and I kind of took the price per square foot and figured out the difference of, of what this other one should have sold for. And I emailed 200 people in that building and I said, you know, Phoenix condo seller loses $67,000. Like I had an exact amount. And, and, I, and I said, look, these two condos went on the market. This one sold for this, this one went for that. This was in the email. But like 70% of the people open that because it was very targeted, right? So the more narrow the list is, you can, you can get a little bit more targeted. But whatever message you send, it has to be unique and, and give people a compelling reason to open it. There's a lot of competition. And by the way, this applies to social media. You have less and less time to get their attention. So for email, it's what do I need to do to get them to click and open it? social media, what do I need to get them to do to stop scrolling, right? We're in a scrolling society. So will, will the picture make them be like, what the heck and, and stop, right? Will the first thing you say on the TikTok make them watch, watch, watch the, you know, the other 10 seconds of it or, or, or click on the Instagram caption. So you need something you know, in everything you do, even, even when you're on the phone. So when prospecting, if, if you're opening line is really, really boring. They may just hang up, right? So you, you got to get their attention right away. Uh, stop scrolling, open the email, listen to your call, listen to your sales pitch. Next element is the story. So there has to be a transition, right? You can't just give them a, a shocking headline with like no explanation or reason. There has to be some pivot. So like on that cancel my listing agreement email, you know, my, my, I always say like, I, I think the, the story is I remember when a seller did this to me once and I don't want it to happen to you. Right. I, I have a, a pivot there. I, I start to transition to a story, right? If, if you get their attention on the, on the phone, like if you're calling expired listings once, you know, you got to keep them on, but then you got to start telling them a compelling story about how you have buyers or how, what you can do differently to get more people in there. So examples of how you've helped someone in their situation before, how you helped them find a hard off-market home. How did you help sell their, you know, another home like theirs when it didn't sell the previous time? Uh, use social proof for these, these you know, in your, in your story here, social proof works great. So if you have an example, if you have a testimonial and you can wrap that into your email, your phone call, your social media posts, your YouTube video, demonstration works really well too. So you can tell them some great result you're gonna get and then show them how you will do it, right? Like don't just say like, yeah, I, I specialize in selling homes the second time right? The ones that didn't sell the first time. Tell them what you're going to do differently and what you've done before. And then finally, you have to have a clear offer at this. So what action do you want them to take? Is it, you know, call you back? Is it register their email with you? Make an appointment, sign an agreement. If it's, if it's in person, agree, you know, agree to a meeting, agree to a listing. 
you need all of these elements in everything you do. Marketing, prospecting, selling, showing, right? If, if any part of your sales process is not working, it means that one of these elements is not present. So if you're not getting them to initially register, well, something's wrong with your hook story offer up front. If you're not getting them to agree to a meeting, something's wrong with your hook story and offer. If you're not getting them to agree to a counter offer, something's you know, wrong with this. So you need, so if, if, if any part of your sales process from, from lead generation to close is not working, look and see, did I have a good hook? Like, did I get their attention? Did I tell them a good story? And then I clearly tell them what they need to do to take advantage of this. All right, so when it comes to uh, marketing, right? How do we generate a thousand leads a week? Uh, we're, not, we're not doing it primarily through prospecting, through the tugboat. This is, this is more of the lighthouse uh, part of the, the presentation. We're generating a thousand a week on this team right now, sometimes more. There's three ways we do it. One is just general branding, getting, you know, it's getting people to know who we are. One is, I would call more selling, like getting people to take action. The other is retargeting. So getting in front of people that have seen our branding, that, that know us, that um, trust us, but maybe didn't take action yet, or, or getting back in front of past clients, getting them to you know, be repeat clients. So branding, right? That's going to raise your awareness to a larger group of, of potential prospects, I think your goal should be to position yourself as the friendly expert. Now, I first really got into preeminence expertise type marketing when I heard Jay Abraham speak at Tony Robbins, and he's great at that. But I think sometimes uh, he does it from too, too much of an ivory tower kind of in the sky, almost, almost a little condescending. So I think, when, I think the expertise marketing is very, very powerful, but you need to... You need to Brand yourself as the friendly, approachable expert, the person who not only knows a lot about you know, homes in this area or this type of home or this type of client, but the, the person who's very approachable, likes working with those types of people, you know, selling those homes. So look for ways to brand yourself as the friendly expert and make prospects aware of their problems, and your solutions. Many of them don't know their problems, right? And if, if, if they don't know their problems, then the solutions that you offer aren't going to matter. So, you know, if you're in a low inventory market, you need to make buyers aware that it can be hard to find a home, that there's not enough inventory, right? If, if the inverse is true, if, if, it's, you know, if it's hard for sellers, right, in your market to sell, you need to make them aware of that, right? Someone who sold a home three years ago and bought one and now is ready to sell again, your market may have shifted. They may still think it's really easy to sell a home and all they got to do is put it in the MLS and it's going to go. So if that's the case, you need to start making your seller prospects aware that right now it's, it's harder to sell a home, but... I'm an expert in selling homes in difficult environments, and here's how I do it, right? Brand yourself as that. So, um, you know, make them aware of the problem, make them feel the pain, and then show them that you are the friendly expert that can 
solve that issue. Hey, hold that thought. Do you wanna get 100 tips for free from my best-selling real estate book, The Hyperlocal, Hyperfast Real Estate Agent? If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. So uh, selling, right? You need to bring more awareness to the problem, get more detailed into the solutions that you can offer, make them an offer, and get them to take action. Call, book an appointment, register. If that does not work, right? If you're if you're selling, does not work. It's time to retarget, right? So retargeting is is you know doing ads that get back in front of people that saw the ad, did not take action, or uh, you know registered for to to get more information from you, but didn't take action. So get back in front of them. Make these ads very specific. Like you know, we we actually will do in the video. We'll call we'll we'll call them out basically. We'll say, Hey, I saw you registered for uh, our home buyer class, but you didn't show up. You missed it. Guess what? There's another one, you know, coming up next week. So, so click below to sign up for that. And, 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 and I'll see you there. Right. Or whatever it is. So retargeting as just getting back in front of people that didn't take action or getting in front of people that you want to take more action. Again, these are your, your cheaper ads to, uh, run as well. I think you've heard other people the first two days talk about cold, warm, hot. These these are these are, you know, warm or hot ads. So it's basically instead of fishing in the entire ocean, now you're fishing in a barrel of fish. Much much more likely to succeed. All right, so types of ads. When you think about your ads, there's two types that we like to do. One is called intent-based. The other is called disruptive. Does anybody, has anybody heard these terms or, or know the difference? So intent-based is designed to get in, uh, in front of prospects that intend to take action. Ah, that came out bad. You're, you're designing these to get in front of prospects that are intending to take action. Nobody goes to Google, PP, you know, Google, we, we, we call Google PPC as pay-per-click, but no one goes to Google and searches how to buy a home in Arlington, Virginia. What are home prices in you know, Arlington, Virginia? How to sell my home fast, right? Nobody's gonna Google this if, if they're not intending to do it. Uh, same thing with Zillow, Realtor.com, YouTube. These, the people that go to these sites are interested in buying a home, selling a home, learning more about it, okay? These are more likely to convert than disruptive ad, ads, right? The people that take action on an intent-based ad, are they're a warmer lead, right? They're further along in the cycle. They're also more likely to be shorter term. Like most people, unless they're super, super type, uh, you know, uh, C personality, like they're not gonna Google how to sell my Arlington home if it's something they're planning on doing in five years. Just, just not going to happen. So they're going to cost more money, these types of ads, right? More likely to convert, more likely to be short-term, so they're going to cost you more money. Disruptive ads. 
These are for prospects that are not intending to take action. People don't, you know, look at the banner on a website or go to Facebook or Instagram or other social media platforms to learn about buying a house. They just don't. All right, they go to they go to Facebook to look at their grandkids, connect with friends, complain about politics or something else, right? They're not going there to search for a home. So you're disrupting their activity to get in front of them with a home buying or home selling proposition. So these are gonna be longer term ads or longer term prospects when you get these types of leads. They're gonna cost a lot less. Uh, and these, these numbers I have up here are gonna be different in every market, but in general, we're able to get leads on Facebook and social media for about five to $10 per buyer lead and 20 to $30 per seller lead. And these are probably five to 10 times cheaper than the leads we get from Zillow and, and some other sources, right? So they're gonna be a lot cheaper, but they're less likely to convert in their longer term. So you need to have follow-up systems in place. A lot of people are gonna run Facebook ads or have run Facebook ads and they say, well, they don't work. And that's not true. They, they do work. There's people that are highly successful doing it. They just have better follow-up than you. You know, I would say on average, 10 to 20% of Facebook leads are going to be your, your more now buyers. Well, if you just focus on those, your conversion is already 80% less than the people that focus on the whole spectrum, right? Those, those other 80 to 90% of leads that you get on social media are going to be six months, 12 months, even longer, right? So you have to have the follow-up systems, emails, phone calls, retargeting ads to stay in front of them so that when they do get to being a warm, ready-to-go buyer or seller, they're thinking of you. All right, switching gears a little bit, prospecting. These are, these are the top prospecting methods that we do. So our, our team does both Marketing, you know, lighthouse techniques are our number one source, but you know, 10 to 20% of, of what we do is, is, is in this bend. So even though we've shifted more as we've grown, this is still very important. We, we do FISBOs, we do expireds and withdrawns, circle prospecting, sphere of influence, past clients. Uh, the big thing with uh, ex expireds is just doing it, right? Getting in and withdrawn, like getting practice calling. And if, if you're a team leader and, and you're in this, the area where your time is more valuable, at that stage of your career, I'm, I'm not really expecting you to get on the phone and start calling expireds two hours a day, but you can train other people to do it. And if you're starting out, certainly this is a, a, a proven way to get leads cheap, build, you know, get listings, uh, quickly and start building up your pipeline. One hint is the on the first of every month, it's a, it's a much, you know, we call it Christmas and, and that's, that's the day we really have our ISAs and a lot of our agents doing it. On the first of every month, what happens is a lot of listings expire the day before. The agents set them to end at the, you know, the last day of the month. It's, it's the, the most common day for a listing to expire. Many times the seller doesn't even know when you call them on the first of the month or, or in general, but they don't even know that their house expired. Like the agent just 
put a date on the listing agreement, put it in the MLS, and it expired. And they didn't tell the seller. Seller has no idea that their home is not actively listing, uh, listed on the MLS. Now, if you do start having success getting these, and, and you can, I mean, you can, you can do 20 million your first year, no experience, just by two to three hours of calling expires and withdrawals and circle prospecting a day. It's possible. I've seen other people do it. But once you do start having success about that, now you can video uh, the, the story and start telling you know, on social media that, hey, this, this home just, like we talked about yesterday, this home just expired or expired um, you know, a couple months ago. We got it. It sold in two weeks or a week or we got full price, a seller. This is how it helped the seller. You start telling that story on social media and now your tugboat strategy became your, becomes your lightboat strategy and you start having expireds and FISBOs and, and withdrawns or people that have had their home on the market for a long time that are not expired yet, like start, they start calling you like, hey, I can't sell my home, right? So this is a great way to, to do both in, in this expired withdrawn area. SOI and past clients, right? You're just getting more repeat clients, more referrals. Uh, you got to stay in touch. So we do weekly newsletters, not monthly, weekly to our past clients. And we do, we do some gifting and we do a quarterly event. And you heard, heard Carrie talk yesterday a little about getting uncomfortable because, uh, or getting comfortable with something that was uncomfortable to her, right? And switching some of those client events to online, which we did in the spring and the summer. We just did our, our first in-person one since February. We did it uh, the, week, the week before this event, and that was on a Saturday over at an outdoor bar. So, you know, this, this is all something that, that, you know, no matter how new you are, how experienced you are in the industry that, that you can do. And I, I think a good pace is, uh, you know, a quarterly event. If you want to do a smaller monthly one with just a few closer clients, that's great too. But then I, I would get in front of them on a weekly email. And then, of course, you know, follow-up calls, you know, just staying in front of them. It, it works. A common question I get is, will this work in my market? Or, or I get excuses of why it won't work in my market. And the bottom line is it will, it will work in any market. Any of the things we went over today will work in your market, right? You might have to tweak it a little, apply it differently, test it, but it will work, right? You just have to be consistent because that's how you figure out if it works, right? If, if, if you're not taking action, you're not going to know if it's going to work. Uh, you need to, to get into that track, analyze, and refine mode that we, that we talked a little bit about yesterday, right? So, so track the results, analyze it, see what's working, see what's not, and refine it. And even if it is working, that doesn't mean you can't change it. Two and a half years ago, we were killing it with direct mail and radio and making a, you know, we were selling 300 million a year doing, doing those methods. And then on a, on a lesser budget now, on a, on a lesser marketing budget than those methods cost, we're selling 500 million a year. So what we were doing was working with direct mail and radio and direct mail and radio can work in any of y'all's markets but the digital work a lot better for us. So, so even if something is working, you should still track, analyze, refine, ask yourself, is there a better way, cheaper way 
So I know we went over a lot today. So we've, I've got another minute or so left. If there's any questions in the room, I'll take them now. If there's any questions on Zoom, Kat can shout them out. Any questions? What's the difference in a buyer and seller? What's oh. the cost difference of, uh, I think, like 15 bucks between your buyer and seller leads? Like, what, what makes that difference uh, between the, the two ads that you're putting on Facebook? So why, yeah, good question. Why, why is there a difference in pricing on a buyer lead versus a seller lead on Facebook? And I, I don't know if I have a, like a scientific answer on that. I would assume more people are competing for seller leads. Um, so there's, there's you know, more people paying for ads to try to get seller leads because as an agent, that's, for most people, that's probably more valuable maybe not true depending on what in all markets depending on what the market is doing but i believe there's more competition for that for that that seller lead dan what's the advantage of doing a weekly newsletter rather than a monthly newsletter yeah it's, it's just more more contact you're, you're getting in, you're getting in front of them more often now if you, if you can't make it compelling and interesting then you know by all means stick to monthly but I, I, if you can, if you have the bandwidth or the resources to get interesting content in front of your past clients and stay connected with them, then I would, I would go to weekly. I know about a year ago, we switched from monthly to weekly and our, our repeat and referral business has gone up since. Um, when you spoke about intent-based ads and um, you talked about Google PPC, Zillow, Realtor.com, YouTube, can you give me some examples? I mean, are you talking about buying leads on Zillow or Realtor.com? Are you specifically targeting people who are searching on those sites? Yeah. So on all of those, um, you know, you're, you're paying to get in front of people on Zillow or realtor.com, I, I guess it would be yeah, paying, paying for leads. Like people search for a home and then if they put their information in, they send it to the agents that are paying to play on there. On Google search or YouTube, people are searching for uh, certain terms or information and then you know, you're popping up in the promoted. Uh, that, so that would be true on, on the Google search and on the YouTube. Then on YouTube as well, you can, you can do like pre-roll ads where you, you get uh, the first 10 seconds on, on certain channels and, and, and shows. So that's another way to do it on YouTube, but it's, it's basically people that are either searching for terms or actually searching for homes. Thank you. All right. we got time for one more question, either in the chat or, or in the room, but we got one in the room. It looks like. Dan, I'm going to pull a carry here and ask you if you had to choose just one thing to go after just one, that would be the pivot to really launch your marketing, what would it be? Yeah. Well, can you tell me a little bit about your business? Cause that, that would, that's gonna. I'm 98% referral based. I do absolutely no marketing and I'm trying to grow. So and is, and is most of your business in a certain in the area, Fredericksburg, Virginia area. Yes. Uh, well, Fairfax honestly is where I do most of my business, but I'm located down there. Yeah, well, I mean, since you're already doing a lot in there and, and you've got a lot of good now business, it seems like from, from that, I would, I would probably go the Facebook route because it's, okay. it's a little bit cheaper. It's going to take longer, but then in a year from now, you'll six to 12 months from now, you'll get flooded with, with leads okay. from it. 
And you've probably got a lot of good stories that you could go on there and, and, and tell and, and get that content out in front of people, you know, to, to cold audience. And then as they get warmer and engage and watch your videos, start, you know, doing ads about home buying or home selling uh, webinars that you could do, you know, for that particular area. Okay. Thank you. I think that's it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.